Hey there, this is Bo James, and on behalf of the Wix Church of the Nazarene, I just want to say thank you for joining us. I believe there is something for you in this message, and I pray that it will help you grow your faith. Enjoy. So, I love the series that we did on prayer, when we were praying our way to Pentecost, right? And I hope that you've continued to pray intentionally. I hope that series changed everything about the way that you pray. And sometimes I feel like when I am setting my my sermon schedule, I sometimes feel like we just sort of jump, you know, from Advent to Christmas to Lent to Easter to Pentecost. We just sort of hit these highlights. But I got to thinking after we did this prayer series... And we've just started, or we will this Wednesday. We took Wednesday off, but Wednesday people will be back this Wednesday, okay? Um, and if you want to join us, I know we still have a couple of books. Anybody know where those wound up? They may be out in the foyer. We'll find you one. Um, but we're doing the book of Acts. And so that got me to thinking that I really want to walk through. You know me, I love to pick a book, and I love to walk through that book with you. And so I want to walk through the book of Acts. Now, Wednesday night people, that doesn't mean that you're going to be studying the same thing that I'm going to be preaching. So just so you know, um, because, you know, on Wednesday night, what, it's about a six week, so about a 12 week when we get them both done. We're not going to hit every chapter, and neither will I as we walk through. I just want to hit some of my favorite parts through the book of Acts. So today, turn with me, Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, that's New Testament, back of the Bible. Pat, Sandy got her one of our Bibles this week, so now I've got two of you on the filament Bible. If you want to know more about the filament Bible, hit me up and I'll let you know. You use an app with your, your Bible and it's a whole study Bible, but it's as thin, Sandy can show you, it's just a thin Bible, but with your phone, it becomes a full study Bible. Acts chapter 2, verse 37. Peter's words pierced their hearts, and they said to him and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you, to your children, and to those far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging all his listeners, save yourselves from this crooked generation. Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day about 3,000 in all. Lord, this is your word today, and may it truly pierce our hearts so that we leave this place changed because of who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. So, background on this a little bit. We, we did our series, Praying Our Way to Pentecost, and what happened at Pentecost. So, in Acts chapter 1, we see where Jesus told his apostles and disciples, he said, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift that he promised. So, on that Pentecost day, the believers who were gathered in Jerusalem... And the disciples that were waiting 
in that upper room, the Holy Spirit fell on them and entered them. And this was the promise God had given years before this happened, by the way, but specifically through the words of Jesus. And this, these spirit believers, spirit-filled believers, if you'll remember, they come out of that upper room and the Spirit had enabled them to begin to talk in different languages. Now remember, these are the Jews gathered in Jerusalem for this uh, festival of Pentecost, which means there's different languages, there's different dialects. But all of a sudden they began to say, we understand what they're saying. And so this miraculous thing was happening. And then, and as a, as a pastor, we love this moment, Peter steps up and gives the first sermon. The first sermon. Now, what I just read you today, verse 37, it said that Peter's words pierced their hearts. Well, then you need to know what were his words. So here was the first sermon that Peter gave. And you can go back, starting in verse 17, you can read this, but just to give you an outline of what he got, told them that day, he began to quote from the prophet Joel. So again, this is a promise that has been a long time coming. And he began to quote the prophet that all the people would be filled with the Holy Spirit. That the Spirit was going to fall on all the people. If you look at verse 17, it says, In the last days, I will pour out my Spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. You know why old men dream dreams? Because when they're 97, they get a lazy boy back there and they fall asleep. Yeah. Because we know our old men come home from work and they hit the lazy boy and they dream dreams, right? But no, this was prophesied a long time ago. So Peter begins to, to talk about that. He begins to talk. Oh, I love verse 23 because he really gets up in their business. And he tells them, he said, and along with all the Gentiles, and he's really talking about the Romans, he said, you nailed Jesus to the cross. You killed Jesus, the Son of God. He said, but we're so thankful because God resurrected him. Darren just prayed, death is defeated because God resurrected his son out of that grave. That's the God you and I serve, by the way. That's what makes us different from every other religion because we serve a living God. And then he goes on to tell him and he says, we apostles, in other words, the, the 11 of us standing up here among you and, and you're amazed because we're talking in the languages you can understand. He said, we witnessed all of this. So this isn't like me giving the sermon where I go to the, the scriptures. This was the firsthand account. This is the first sermon of the firsthand account of the life of Jesus Christ. Now, the, the ESV version Bible, instead of pierce the heart, it says that Peter's words cut to the heart. Have you ever heard that saying, something has cut you to the heart? Now, we usually have a negative connotation with that, do we not? Because usually when something cuts us to the core, cuts us to the heart, it means it hurt. Like it, it, it hit home and it hurt somehow. Maybe, maybe not always in the best way. 
But I, I realize that when we are cut, there's one of two options that usually will happen. And I, even when you think about a physical cut, one of two things are going to happen. You're going to run screaming, right? And you're beside yourself. Or you're going to run and look for help, right? Wait, there could be three because my poor hubby, he might pass out. <laughs> and there may be others of you in here that, you know, might pass out if that happens. But you get what I'm saying. And, and, and you know, we, we know, like, think of an animal when they get hurt, when they get cut. And eh, you don't just walk up and try to pet that dog, do you? Because you know that even if he is your BFF fur friend, he might snap at you, he might bite you, right? And I hate to say, as humans, we can be that way too. When something really cuts and hurts us, we can snap at people and not be real pretty, right? But the other option, we can, we can seek help when something pierces our heart. So in this passage, those that are, are hearing this sermon for the first time, it says that his words, Peter's message, cuts to their hearts. And they feel the pain of knowing what Jesus did for them. They begin to, do you remember that church? For those of you that you believe in Jesus Christ, do you remember that first moment when you began to understand what Jesus did for you? Do you remember how it really did hurt? To know how much he loved you and to know messed up we are and he still loves us anyway that's what we're talking about that that moment we realize and they responded then in verse 37 they said what should we do in other words they understood what happened because again this is after Jesus has already went back into heaven and, and, and life is starting to move on. And so they're telling the story of like, you remember that Jesus guy that was hanging on the cross? Y'all remember that, right? Like, he died for you. He lives today so that you can live again. So that you can follow God wholeheartedly. And they said, okay, okay, I get that. What do I do about it, though? What do I, what do, I do with that information? And I believe over the last few months here and even in this church, the messages that we've been walking through, I believe that the word has been piercing your heart. How do I know this? Because of the messages you send back to me after church. Because of the conversations that I begin to have with each one of you. Because of just the differences I begin to see in people's lives. I believe that the word is piercing the heart. Amen. Does that excite anybody in here this morning? Because man, if it doesn't, I need to start over. And you need to understand that we're here to worship the living God who wants to pierce your hearts this morning. And maybe you find yourself, maybe the word has pierced your heart, but like these believers in the, or these people in the crowd, maybe you're asking that same question. But what do I do about it, BJ? What do we do with this stirring that God is creating in my heart? Like maybe you have a, a small concept of, of God is calling for you, but what do I do with that? Well, Peter gave us very easy directions. First of all, repent. That's the very first thing. 
Oh, BJ, you're, you're preaching to the choir. Not necessarily. Just because you sit in the church don't make you a Christian any more than sitting in the garage makes you a car. Yeah, Thomas. Bo remembers that drama we did. <laughs> Who can ever forget Dustin James' little twang he had with that one? You see, the, the ESV simply says, Repent. New Living Translation expands that thought. It says, repent, turn to God. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. He's, he's preaching this sermon to the Jews who are in Jerusalem for Pentecost. Don't they already love and follow God? It's kind of like, BJ, you're, you're talking to the church this morning. Don't, don't they already love God? Well, maybe. Or maybe they just go through the motions. Maybe they're just there because they're Jew and that's what you do. You go and you do your thing, right? You have to go through the motions. Oh, church, hear me. We're just as bad. Because we've been born into the church. We married into the church. We just do what we do because that's what we do. But that doesn't mean you've repented. That doesn't mean that you've come to that place where it pierced your heart. But more importantly than that, he's talking to this Jewish crowd. And remember, even the best Jew, the most heart honest Jew, what are they doing? They're looking towards when the Messiah would come, right? Everything they know of the Old Testament is pointing them to the Messiah. What is Peter telling them? He said, he came, you killed him. And he rose again. The Messiah has been here. You may have missed it. So this was an earth-shattering message, something that would have changed their life. To go from looking for something that's going to come to something that has already happened. So repent, when we talk about that, you know, we've talked about the definition before and it's turning and going the other way. It means to think differently. Do you know how important it is in your mind of what you think when it comes to your faith? That sometimes we can walk through the motions and yet our thinking on things never change. The, the one thing I can think of is when I first started following Christ and I stopped drinking... It really wasn't because I was following Christ. It was because I was dating a, a guy who didn't drink and he was raised in the church and that's what you did. And I needed to make sure he was okay with me. And so I actually came to a point later where I had to deal with, God, I don't know if there's anything really wrong with drinking. Like, I think there's going to be people in heaven. But God said, but do you love that more than you love me? Because i got a plan in the future for you. See, at that time, I wasn't going to be a pastor. I didn't know what I was going to be. I was still trying to just graduate college. I didn't know. But I began to know I loved God with all that I was. So when he said, do you love that more than me? That was the moment that I had no issue giving up alcohol anymore. Hmm. 
And in the church of the Nazarene, we wholeheartedly believe that we don't need to drink to have fun. Right? I don't need it to be entertained. And I know the harm it can happen. You know? So I love the church of the Nazarene and what it believes. But you see, to repent of something, it means God is changing your mind on something. It means that all of a sudden, because see, I struggled with a lot of my sins growing up that I, I just, I thought I'm not hurting nobody, right? That's what we think about sin a lot of times. What does it matter? I'm not hurting anybody. This is just me, right? Until God changed my mind and I realized I was hurting God. I realize that when I just simply look at the basic Ten Commandments, let's just go to the Ten. When I can't even keep the Ten, I'm hurting my relationship with Him. It may have nothing to do with my relationship with you, but when God pricks my heart and says, okay, this is becoming an idol, which means that you care more about this in your life than you do me. I have to repent, show a change of my mind. So see, for these Jews, they were going to have to change their mind because in the synagogues, they're still teaching the Messiah to come, and Peter just said, he came. And so they have to change their mind. Now, church, I hate to say that there are people that will come to an altar, maybe they're at camp and they follow all their friends, but let's be honest, did they change their mind? Did they truly understand what it means to sin, that sin separates us from God, right? Now, this wasn't new stuff that Peter was preaching about sin, right? We, we know that John the Baptist, he was already telling us to repent for the kingdom is near, So that wasn't new to talk about repentance of our sins. They understood that as every Jew would. Then he said, you're going to repent. You're going to what? Be baptized. Jews believed in a lot of different ceremonial washings. Like you had to wash every time you touch something that was considered unclean. You wash before the meal. That's not necessarily a bad thing. Y'all can practice that any day. They, they did foot washings. We know where Jesus washed. He took the servant role. He washed the feet. That was something they would have done anyway. So Jews knew about ceremonial washings. They knew about being baptized. John the Baptist... Remember, he was baptizing them for repenting of their sins. And the Jews, when a Gentile would want to join the the religion of Judaism, they had to be baptized as a sign of conversion. That we have washed away all of our sinful things to now practice as the Jews. So again, baptism is not something new per se, but here was the new part. He said, you need to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Not in the name of a religion. Not in the name of, I'm unclean and and I just want to eat my food like everybody else. He said, you need to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. When we're baptized, it's not about a church, by the way. So like when you, if you go to the manual and you read our 
our baptism service that we do, you'll notice I never say, as a member of the Church of the Nazarene, I say, as a member of the Church of Jesus Christ. Spoiler alert. You're going to be in heaven with Baptist, Methodist, Pentecost. Oh, yeah, yeah. Messianic Jews, by the way. There are Jews that believe that Jesus was the Messiah, right? So we are baptized into the church of Jesus Christ. But that would have been a big deal in that day. That would have been a huge transition for the hearers. Remember, put it in context of, of Peter being the first one delivering this good news, this gospel in a sermon format. And we believe when we're baptized that it's, it's an outward recognition of something that's already happened. So when you repent, the work has already been done. Baptism is that outward recognition to tell the world, man, I've changed my mind and I want to live for Jesus Christ. And when we lay you under the water, it's just to signify all those sins being washed away, put to death, just as Jesus was. And when we come up, it's like taking that first breath of living in Jesus. It's a big thing. And I don't know who remembers their baptism in here. Do you remember feeling like something just was different? And if not, I'm going to tell you your pastor didn't hold you down long enough, all right? Matthew 28, Jesus, when he was giving those last Little details, remember, to the disciples. What did he tell them? Go and make disciples in all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So this has been uh, something that I worry sometimes we've lost a little bit of the excitement of baptism these days. We think, oh, I don't have to do that. And, I, and I'm not saying you have to be baptized to go to heaven, by the way. Because I, I, I know of a certain uh, man on the cross next to Jesus that we don't know if he got baptized or not, but he was in the kingdom with Jesus that day. But I'm telling you, if you're here today and you have never been baptized, I want to talk to you. I think it's important. I think it's an important moment for people to understand, I made a decision and I want to shout about it. Now, context here, Jesus, remember, life, death, resurrection, he was creating something new. So baptism, not a new thing. But this was new because he said, now you're going to be baptized into what? The new covenant. You're no longer under the law. You are under Jesus' blood, which is the new covenant. Now, third thing. What should we do? What should we do? You're going to repent. You're going to baptize. He said, and then you're going to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Again, Holy Spirit wasn't something new that just now got created in God's kingdom. Because back in Genesis chapter 1, who was roaming over the formless earth? The Spirit was. He's always been there. He's the third part of the Trinity. Now, to this point, though, he was only available to a few. 
else, right? So like he's been working on God's behalf, but he's only been available to a few. But that verse I read you earlier, verse 17, in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit upon all people. That always excites me because that means, because I'm, I'm kind of a, a Bible nerd to where I'm thinking, when I get to heaven, man, there are just people I want to talk to. I'm going to go look up Rahab. That's just one of my go-tos. You know, let's, let's go check out Noah and say, Noah, did you have to let the serpent on the boat? Like, was that really necessary? You know? There's going to be people, but do you realize that those people are going to come running and then ask you, what was it like to have God inside of you? Because you had something that I never got to experience. The Holy Spirit living inside of us. And this is a promise fulfilled. Again, this was out of the prophet Joel's writing. So this was a promise fulfilled by God for all people to be able to receive the Holy Spirit. And who was that for? Was it just for the, the pastor and maybe his or her family? No. It says this promise is to you. Remember, he's talking to his crowd. I'm talking to you. This promise is for you. This promise is for your children and their children and their children. This promise is open to anyone who will receive. Anyone. Now, do you, do you understand that? Anyone who will receive, you didn't get it just because grandma had it. You didn't get it just because mama dressed you up on Sunday and brought you every week. You've got to receive it. You've got to receive it for yourself. So every person that feels the call of God, you know even that one person that you think <laughs> don't deserve it? You know, even that one person that you think is hopeless and you just about given up on, it's available for them too. All they have to do is receive it. For anyone whose heart gets pierced by the Word of God, you can receive the Holy Spirit. My question this morning, do you really receive it though? The other day I was in Walmart and I was... Walking around frustrated, we all know we still ain't got used to the new layout of Walmart. We can't find anything, right? So we walk those aisles ten times only to find where our item is not on the shelf because they no longer carry it, right? Okay, I may have some rants and raves there. So I'm walking the aisles trying to find something the other day, and one of the employees approaches me with some spiel, hey, would you like a little food? And I just sort of cut him off. I was not a very nice person because I was frustrated. I said, no, no, that's fine. I don't want to, you know, thank you anyway. And I just, you know, you know what I'm talking about. You're trying to get in and out of Walmart. And I was like, I don't know what they're trying to sell me today, but I don't want it. Till after he walked off and I realized what he just offered me. <laughs> and I considered if I could chase him down to say, whoa, 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 I changed my mind. <laughs> I repent, <laughs> right? Because what he had was a little bottle of eyeglass cleaner with a little eyeglass cloth that was perfect for my purse. But I, in my rudeness and hurriness, didn't have time. And I said no and sent him on his way. A free gift. It was free. Reba would not like me because you take everything that's free. 
That woman could go to a conference with the wood chippers and somehow come home with 3,000 pins and every other little gadget that we don't know what they did, but it was free, right? But I said no. <laughs> and I really could have used that. Remember, we, we respond in one of two ways, right? Yes, I need that. Or leave me alone. I don't need it. Hmm. And you know what? A lot of times people say, leave me alone. I don't need Jesus. Life is good. We talked about that last week. I don't want to go to heaven. I'm all good. Life is good. Even if life isn't good, I still don't want your Jesus. Right? But see, that day, the word pierced their hearts. And those who believed what Peter said, those who believed it, those who received it, were baptized and added to the church that day, 3,000 in all. And the way they do math in the Bible, there may have been more than that. 3,000. Whoo, Thomas James, that's a building project if we had 3,000 added. But here's the... Here's the good part. This was not an increase in church membership as we think of it. This was not that the Wicks Church of the Nazarene grew by 3,000 people. This was 3,000 eternal kingdom people were added to the big C church, the church of Jesus Christ. Church Our business is not about membership for our congregation. Oh, I know that always looks good on my reports, and I would love to fill this room up. Because as I fill this room up, I believe it's because God is changing hearts. But I'd be okay if we never add another person in this room as long as we are affecting people out there for the church of Jesus Christ. So when we have this concert in August, is it a way that people may walk in our door and go, hmm, this is a nice, people are nice, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for a church. Yeah, okay. But I'm okay with other churches bringing their people if this is something that will minister to them. And the church of Jesus Christ is changed forevermore. Amen? Because you see, the, the word they use here is that word we've talked about before, suke. The soul. So it wasn't 3,000 people added to Peter's church. It was 3,000 souls added to the kingdom of God that day. Church, we're in the soul business. We're in the soul business. I don't care if, if you're here today and you never walk in my door again on a Sunday morning, but don't you leave this door unless you know where your soul is going today. Because you see, this Jesus, what do we do with it, you know? What should we do with this Jesus who was fully God, fully man? He was born of a virgin. Makes no sense in science. He lived on this earth to show us what it looks like to live a life of God. And he died on a cross. Why? Not because of anything he did, but because of everything we did. And he was raised to life again. As that song saying, overcoming death. 
You don't have to be fearful of death when you know where you're going. I believe the only people that fear death are the ones that don't know. Oh, it means, you know, sure, I'm young. I'm young. Believe me, I said it. It's true. It's got to be true if I said it from the pulpit, right? I'm young. I'm not ready to go. But if I do, if I do, I'll never forget the feeling when I had my surgery, and it was first surgery, well, I don't remember my first one when I was a little little toddler, but first time surgery, and I, I just prayed as that wonderful stuff that comes in that IV begins to hit. And I just prayed and said, God, I really want to wake up. I want to see my family. <laughs> but if I don't, I'm okay with that too. Because I know where I will wake up. Amen. And I want that for every single person in this room. That every day when you wake up, you say, God, man, here's what I'd really like to do today, and I hope I can really bless somebody today, but God, if this is my last day on this earth, I'm okay with that. I'm okay. Because I know where I'm going. But I also want you to know that while you're here, you're impacting other people. Your life impacts other people. So when you get baptized and say, man, I follow Jesus wholeheartedly, it impacts other people. That's why I love baptism. And that, that doesn't just happen here. So, you know, today I just, I hope something today pierced your heart. To where you want to repent if you've never done that before. To where you want to get baptized because I've never done that before. And I want the Holy Spirit. And let me, let me just, let me tell you, the moment you say yes to Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit. You have Him. And you say, well, BJ, I just, I don't know, I don't know for sure. Then you can come down here and we'll lay hands on you and you'll have Him today. I promise you that. So three things today, three questions I want you to answer in your mind as Bo pulls up uh, our song for prayer. Have I repented? Not did I get a faith passed down to me. Have I repented and said yes to Jesus? Have I been baptized? Not in the name of a church or a uh, just, you know, have I been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ because I follow Him? And have you received the Holy Spirit in your life? Have you accepted that He lives today inside of you? That still, small voice. I shared this with somebody this week. We have a lot of voices in our heads. We have a lot of things speaking to us in this day and age. But that Holy Spirit, He's a gentleman who's a still, small voice. And maybe He's been calling out to you. Maybe He wants you to step up and live a life as a disciple of Jesus Christ. Stand with me this morning, church family. And let me just remind you, in these last weeks and months of, of some of these sermons, if you've repented for the first time, let me know these things. I want to rejoice with you. If you feel like you want to be baptized,
baptized. Let's do it. That can happen up here. That can happen in the river. As long as there's no snakes. <laughs> Let me know those things. Because my desire is for God's word to pierce your heart so keenly every week. That Sandy gets mad because the water bill goes up because I got to keep the baptistry so full because people want to get baptized. And I'll do it, Sandy. I'll do it. I'll fill it up every week if I need to. But you got to come and talk to me about those things. Let's pray together this morning, church. Dear Heavenly Father, your words, not mine. Father, I feel like there's something for everybody in your words. May your Holy Spirit have his way. I bind the things, Lord, that have been distractions. I bind the things that have been such negative things in our hearts and our minds that we haven't been able to receive what your Spirit is speaking. And I lose from heaven today your Holy Spirit in this place to have his way with your people. Lord, if there's anyone here that the message today has pierced their hearts, cut, cut straight to the core. And they want to say, yes, I repent today. Oh, Lord, may your spirit just fall on the Father, if there's someone in here that says, I've never been baptized, let them come. And we'll do this. Father, we love you. And I love meeting together for fellowship. But I don't want to do it just because it's what we do. I want to come together and I want our hearts to cry out to you, the one true God in Jesus Christ. And from this day forward, as we leave this place, may we be the shining face that others need to see of who Christ is. May that be reflected in all we do because when we repent, we change our minds about how we live our life because we now follow you in the new covenant. Oh, Father, I know there's some heavy hearts in here today that brought some things. God, may we lay them at your feet as we trust that you are still in control and all the things that we can't control. You have complete authority, God, to move like only you can move. And we'll give you praise in all that we see and do. Father, I thank you for prayers answered. I think sometimes we forget to say thank you. <laughs> thank you for hearing that prayer and answering in the best way, in your way, Father. Now, Father, as we leave this place, we're going to go into a meal together. And I just pray a blessing over those that may give today. May it bless the ones who receive the offering. Because they're headed to a conference that I think can impact and change a generation of women at this conference. Stir their hearts, Lord, to hear what you have for them at that conference. Father, and I just bless the ones that prepared the food today. And all of God's people today said, Amen. Church family, have a great day, but I hope you'll stay and have a blessed time with us. Let's go eat some spaghetti. Yes, I bless the food. So you, as soon as the ladies give you thumbs up, you may go through the food line. Hey, I hope you received exactly what you needed from that message. 
If you want to connect with us, you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, or you can always find us in person if you're in the area. If you'd like to support our ministries, you can find us on Tithely. Thank you to those who support our church. I hope you will subscribe and join us on the next one. And remember, you are loved. Thank you.